0: what is going on everyone my name is Andy welcome back to another FPL video and this one it's the game week five preview so as always I'm going to go through the hot topics of the week and also answer some of your questions if you do enjoy the video make sure to give it a like hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already and if you want to check out fancy football hub there's a seven day free trial at the moment as well as up to 30% off all the links you need to get signed up are in the description below so let's start off with captaincy because a lot of people are thinking about going against Haaland this week mostly with Son or Madison because obviously Spurs are playing and Sheffield United at home I've put this table together roughly in order of who I think are the best captains this week but some of these picks are quite close so if you've got a preference definitely go with that instead this just gives me a chance to talk about them all so I've gone for Harlan then Son then Salah then Madison and then I've got Rashford and Fernandes at the end they're really just on there to fill out the graphic most people are deciding between Harlan the Spurs players and a few Salah's as well so they're the four that I'm going to talk about the first thing I will discuss is ownership. When we're making decisions in FPL, transfers in, transfers out, and of course, in this case, captaincy, in an ideal world, you wouldn't think about ownership. We only care about total points. And I know that sounds really obvious, but we do tend to overcomplicate this game. So if you're looking at your first 11 and your best two captains are Son or Haaland, and you think Son's going to score the most points, then of course, he should be your cap- captain but we're all human and we know how heavily owned Harland is and he will be the most captain player this week. So this is more of a broad point, not specifically about who I think is going to score the most in game week five. If you're someone that reacts badly when decisions go wrong, i.e. you go for a differential Spurs captain, they blank and Harland absolutely smashes it. You've got to spend the whole weekend looking at people talking about that and that's going to make you make bad decisions or it's going to ruin your weekend and you think it's genuinely quite close between Harlan and Son or Haaland and Madison etc then I would probably just pick the more highly owned captain there's no point in this game ruining your weekend but at the same time you can use ownership the opposite way if you think it's close and you don't think there's many edges with captaincy because most people are going to go Harlan every single week then maybe this is your time to go against him to either get ahead of everyone or maybe even catch up depending on what your overall rank is and i know most of us and i include myself in this will say try not to think about that this early on but at the end of the season let's say we get to game week 35 and i'm 100k and i want to be 50k i'll start looking at differentials how can i get an edge So, why can't we do it this early on in the season as well? So, depending on what type of FPL manager you are, you could consider captaincy this week. Sorry, ownership this week. I know a lot of people are bringing in Son, but he's still going to be a massive differential in terms of captaincy compared to Haaland. So, maybe consider that slightly. In terms of who I think is going to score the most, it is quite close. I don't want to sit on the fence. The reason that I've got Haaland ahead is because we know exactly what we're going to get from him and Man City. We know what position he's going to play. We know how good Man City are at creating chances even against that West Ham side who are very good at sitting deep. Haaland is going to get chances. He's definitely on penalties. Whereas with Son, if I had 100 quid to bet on where he's going to play, I would put it all on him playing number nine. There are obviously slight doubts about whether or not that will definitely happen. Even if it's like a 5% chance, we're not as sure as we are with Haaland. We also don't know if he's on penalties. I think he probably will be but it could be madison he's more than capable of stepping up he's also got that personality where i think he'd be more than happy to take a penalty we've seen him do that at leicester as well especially towards uh, the end of his kind of time there so for that that is why i've got harland ahead but if you're asking me which is the better fixture it's definitely sheffield united at home i know people are talking about son versus high lines and sheffield united are going to sit deep but ultimately sheffield united so far this season a bottom four expected goals conceded per 90 minutes they will give up chances and if you think that's going to happen at home to Spurs what do you think West Ham are going to do against Man City they're also going to sit in deep David Moyes has them very well organized they don't mind playing on the counter look what happened against Brighton and obviously Man City are a better team than Spurs but West Ham are a better defense than Sheffield United so it kind of evens out so I have Harlan ahead just because I know what I'm going to expect from... or I know what to expect from him. But if you guarantee me that Son's on penalties, he's going to play number nine for 90 minutes against Sheffield United, I think it probably swings more into his favour. So it really depends on how you feel about those two players, where they're going to play, and also the ownership thing as well. So if you react well to when things go badly, you think Son's definitely going to play number nine and he's on penalties, I think there's a good argument to go for him over Haaland. I've got Salah ahead of Madison just because he's got higher goal threat i know so far this season the stats don't necessarily show that but we know from the past five plus seasons sal is usually going to be in front of goal more than james madison is and also he's on penalties we can't guarantee that with madison again though if you're confident that madison is the penalty taker for spurs that should push him up in your estimations obviously you can't predict penalties but it is something to consider for what it's worth and postacogli was asked about it a few weeks ago And he kind of mentioned Son, Madison, and Richarlison. But it was Son that he said first. And that's what's making me think that he will be on penalties. I also thought that in preseason anyway. So that's why I've got Salah ahead of Madison. I think Madison's a great option. He is going to continue to tick over. But I just think I'd rather have those players that I'm more convinced are going to score goals. And that is why Haaland, Son, and Salah are all ahead of him for me. Because yes, Salah's got an away game against Wolves. But I don't think that's that bad of a fixture. So yeah, I I think Haaland just for known quantity, is the one that I would go for. But there's every reason to think that Son could be a better option this week. And if you're looking for an edge, this could be it. Everyone else, like Rashford, Fernandes, Saka, Martinelli, Sterling, etc., they're fine, but they're not as good as those other four picks. So that's where I'd be looking. I don't own Son or Madison or Salah, so I'm definitely going to go for Haaland. I might bring Son in this week. I'm very undecided about where where I'll go for captaincy. That's a decision that will probably take up until Saturday deadline. But right now, I'd probably say I would go for Harden over Son, but it's just, it's so close. If you want to go for Son, go for it. All right, let's get into some of your questions. Is owning two Man United attackers too much? And if so, is Son a good long-term replacement for either? Now, realistically, only the second part of that question actually matters. Is one of Fernandez or Rashford worth selling to Son? The fact you own two Man United attackers doesn't matter whatsoever. Even if you think Man United are struggling right now, you should only assess what players offer you from an FPL point of view. So if you're more than happy to keep hold of Fernandes, the reason to sell Rashford shouldn't be that he also plays for Man United is whether or not he's a good transfer out and whether the player you're bringing in is better. And I've given this example before, but let's take Man United and Man City. Who's going to score more goals from now until the end of the season? Well, it's definitely going to be Man City, right? I'm almost 100% certain about that. But it doesn't mean that Man City players are always better for FPL because of minutes and starts and stuff like that. Whereas even if Man United don't necessarily score a huge amount of goals, you know when they do, Rashford's probably going to be involved. He's one of the highest goal threat in that team. Another example, look at the weekend just gone or the last game week just gone. Spurs scored five goals, Man United scored once. Rashford and Madison on exactly the same points because Madison scored one goal and so did Rashford so I think people get too hung up about coverage and stuff like that with attackers but let's get to the second part of the question is Son a good long-term replacement I think we need to be careful about falling into the trap about bringing in a player now because in the long term they're going to score more points obviously that's what you try and do with your transfers but the short term also matters quite a lot so is Son better than Fernandez or Rashford this week yes Is he better over the next three weeks? That's debatable. Over the next five? Possibly, right? If we look at the fixtures that Spurs have, obviously Sheffield United at home this week, then it's Arsenal away, which I think is a tough fixture. Liverpool at home could go either way, but again, it's not really a game that I would look to target necessarily. And then it's Luton away, Fulham at home. So I would say that three of the next five fixtures are pretty good uh, for Spurs, but two of them come right at the end of that five-game spell. Whereas for Man United they got Brighton at home this week. Not as good as Sheffield United at home. But Burnley away is definitely better than Arsenal away. And Palace at home, I would say, is better than Liverpool at home. So in the short term, I would say there's every chance that Man United attackers, Fernandes and Rashford specifically, do just as good as Son. If not, maybe even slightly better. I think a lot of that will depend on whether Son plays number nine in all three games, which I think he probably will. But I think there is a case to be made that Man United might be better over the next three. Next five maybe that swings it back to Son. But if two of those really good three fixtures are right at the end, then that is a move that you can maybe make later on. Now, I'm probably not going to sell either of my Man United players. I don't necessarily think it's a bad move. If you've got nothing else to do and you really want Son, especially if you're going to captain him this week, then Rashford or Fernandez to Son is a perfectly good move. But I don't think we should talk ourselves into it being... An essential move because of lot because of long term prospects. When actually in the short term, Man United's fixtures are probably slightly better. And I know Spurs have scored more goals; they've looked better and stuff like that. But in terms of expected goals generated, Man United sit at one point eight per ninety minutes, and Spurs are at one point eight two. So it's actually quite close. I think mean, if you watch Man United games, they have been a little bit unlucky not to score a few more goals. I also think Rasmus Hoyland coming in will just h- help them overall. I don't think it's a case that he's going to take away goals from rashford i don't think rashford's goal threat really drops that much but it does also give kind of assist potential for both him and fernandez so yeah it's one of those moves that i've got no problem with if you want to do it there's no way i would argue against you because son's such a good option for this week but i don't think just ha- just because you've got two man united attackers is reason enough and i think long term it could work out but in the short term next two to three weeks i think it's quite close so if you've got a better transfer you can make you could, could give your Man United players a couple more weeks. If you want to go for it, as always, just go for it. All right, let's get into my favourite question every single week. Who's the best replacement for Jordan Pickford? And to be honest with you at this stage, I cannot wait until we've all wildcarded so we can just stop talking about him. But I am going to go through best goalkeeper replacements in a minute because other people have got like Johnston and Turner as well. They're a little bit worried about. In general, I don't mind making goalkeeper transfers whatsoever if it's your highest priority move. I will say... I think the conversations around how bad of an option Pickford is are being massively overblown. He hasn't been great, and if we could go back in time, we wouldn't pick him again. But if you think Matt Turner plays against Burnley at home in game week five, the Pickford-Turner rotation, where you only play Turner once in the next four, is Burnley at home, Brentford away, Bournemouth at home, Luton at home. Really not the end of the world. Pickford, for most people, is not going to be the highest priority transfer. But if you're in a position where it is, Let's go through possible goalkeepers you could choose. I thought the best way to do this was to give a quick opinion about pretty much every single team. I think with Alisson, Pope and Edison, they're quite expensive. Most people aren't going to spend that much on a goalkeeper. If I was, I would ignore Pope because I think you can cover the Newcastle defence with Trippier or even cheaper with Cher and Botman. Whereas for Liverpool... They're about to come into a good run of fixtures, and obviously Trent would be a great option, but Allison's a lot cheaper than him. And with Edison, obviously, he's nailed on. You don't necessarily have that security with the other Man City defenders. So you could think about them, but most people aren't going to spend that much money. Let's quickly rattle through the teams. Wolves, most people aren't going to buy Jose Sartre. I kind of agree with that. I think Martinez at Villa is a pretty good pick. He's fallen in price to 4.9 million, and their fixture run is good for quite a long time. Obviously, part of your decision will be when you're wildcarding like if you're wildcarding now you need to think very long term if you're going to wild card around game weeks nine or ten you might think a bit shorter term right but ultimately Aston Villa's fixtures especially from game week eight onwards are pretty decent like they got a few little bits where you know game week 13 is Spurs away but then it's Bournemouth away then it's Man City at home Arsenal at home not great but then it's Brentford Sheffield United Man United Burnley Everton etc so I quite like Martinez uh Crystal Palace you can't go there because people are already worried about Johnston will Dean Henderson come in Leno is way more popular than I believe he should be I know the rotation with Ariola is quite good he's already done quite well too he's a decent goalkeeper I get that But I've been looking at the underlying stats, expected goals conceded. And by the way, Lennon's on 19 points at the moment. No team has conceded more XG than Fulham. And they've also played Everton in that time. Even Everton had a bunch of chances against them. Pickford, on the other hand... There's nine teams that have conceded more expected goals than them. And look, I'm not trying to convince you that is a great option. I'm just saying that I don't think Leno is either. So I don't really get the clamour to go for him unless you really want to go for that Areola rotation. You could go for Kaminsky at Luton. They've obviously got a double game week coming up. But generally, I wouldn't want to have a Luton goalkeeper playing every single week. Anato, I don't think, is a bad option, to be honest. I think Man United's defence can only improve. I don't think it's going to get any worse. But again, most people are not going to want to bring him in with Brighton obviously you got Verbruggen but Will Steele will come back in at some point is it worth like is the uh, Brighton defence that good that it's worth that headache probably not they've also got some really bad fixtures coming up Vicario at Spurs maybe but I think it's better to go for someone like Porro or doggy. no one wants a Sheffield United goalkeeper um West Ham Ariola is a really good long-term option his first choice very cheap but their next two games are Man City at home Liverpool away is that worth it probably not i mean if you're desperate to get rid of pickford and you got a spare transfer then i don't mind getting Ariola in for the long term but i don't think it's a great move right now i've already spoken about pope i think flecken is probably the 4.5 million goalkeeper that i would go for but again they got newcastle away this week is that worth a move probably not for most people but longer term brentford's fixtures are all right they've got that spell uh, kind of game weeks eight is man united away 10 is chelsea away to be fair 12 is liverpool away and arsenal at home in game week 13 but if you're looking for a goalkeeper for the long term i think he is one of the best options nailed on brentford defense is all right decent price gonna get you save points as well i guess if we're thinking really long term they do blank in game week 18 but by that point most people will have wild card in and got Ariola in anyway so that doesn't really matter no one wants the bournemouth goalkeeper I don't mind Sanchez, but again, for Chelsea this is, but after the next four weeks, their fixtures get a bit tougher. And as I said a few weeks ago, there will be times where you might want to double or triple up on Chelsea. Do you want to block that with a goalkeeper? Possibly not, like Chilwell, James when he's back, Gusto, Sterling, Jackson. There are options there. So I don't mind Sanchez, but I probably wouldn't want to go there. Uh, Everton, obviously, Pickford's the one being transferred out. You can't go Ramsdale at Arsenal because what if Raya comes in at some point? I don't think anyone... Well, everyone's got Turner already. You don't want that um, issue of bringing him in and then Vlachar maybe comes in instead. And then you've got Trafford, which is the same as Kaminsky at Luton. You could go for a Burnley goalkeeper because... They've got a double game week coming up, but I don't think I would want a Burnley goalkeeper long term. So I actually don't think, unless you're prepared to spend a bit more money than what Pickford costs right now, I don't think there's any other options apart from Ariola and Flecken. They're the two that I would look at. I'm just not a big fan of Leno. I know other people are. So Flecken is the one, but if you've got Turner against Burnley at home, what's the point in getting Flecken for Newcastle away? So unless you've got two transfers and nothing else to do, I just don't really see the point in selling Pickford. I mean, you could I'm biased, but the reason I've got that opinion is because I, I I own him, and I've thought about it quite a lot. So goalkeepers are in a weird position where if, you, if you're if you not willing to spend that bit extra there's not really a great move this week but long term Ariola and Flecken are the two that I'll be looking at. Is Salah out for Son a wise move if it means freeing up funds for some surgery on my squad? Now I'm not going to focus too much on Son here we've spoken about him a lot already I'm going to talk more about whether or not to sell Salah and that question has basically come up every single week since Liverpool played Bournemouth at home in game week two. Should we sell him and spread the money or should we just keep hold of him? And my answer has always been the same. If you need the money to make a big upgrade elsewhere, then sell him. And the reason for that is he's 12.5 million, and most game weeks he's not the standout captain. He's not as needed as maybe he has been in other seasons. But at the same time, if you're happy with the rest of your squad, there's no major transfer that you need to make, then Salah's a great option to hold on to. We know how consistent he is. Even if you're not captain him, he's always going to return. He's nailed on for Liverpool. They're going to score a lot of goals, and he's probably still on penalty. So he's still a good FPL pick, but maybe not as essential as he has been in the past. And I think that answer still applies this week. If you need the money by selling him to Son and then that lets you make an upgrade elsewhere, that's a perfectly viable transfer to make. But that answer is not going to be applicable for too much longer. The more game weeks that pass, the worse it's going to be selling Salah because Liverpool's fixtures are going to turn from game week nine onwards. So if we look at what they've got, I've spoken about this before, they've got Everton at home in game week nine then it's Forest at home Luton away Brentford at home in game week 13 it's Man City away which obviously isn't ideal but straight after that it's Fulham at home and Sheffield United away so even without captaincy that is a fixture on where I wouldn't want to be without Salah but not only that Man City also have a bit of a tougher run it doesn't mean that you're going to captain Salah every single week but there are going to be opportunities to go against Haaland between game weeks 10 and 16 so I think it's still probably okay to sell him this week because they've still got to play Wolves away West Ham at home Spurs away and Brighton away before they get to that really good fixture run but the more weeks you wait the better of an option it's going to be to just hold on to him and to be honest all these next four fixtures Liverpool will probably score in like Wolves like it's not great I guess they've got three away games but they can score against Wolves Spurs and Brighton and the other one is West Ham at home so I think if you're looking at salary in your squad right now and you want to sell him because it lets you get a decent player like in, and lets you make an upgrade elsewhere i still think it's fine to sell him. i've said that every single week for the past kind of you know two or three but i would think about what you're going to do from game week nine onwards if you're someone that's going to sell him now and then maybe wildcard around that time and it's easy to get him back in happy days but if you want to hold your wildcard a lot longer or you've already used it I guess you need to think about what the transfer plan is to get him back. He's not going to be essential during that time, but I do think from game weeks 9 to 16, he's going to be a better option than game weeks 1 to 8. Because if we have a quick look at Haaland's fixtures, let me just look when the kind of worse ones are. Um, like Chelsea, so you got Chelsea away in game week 12, Man United away in game week 10. They're not awful, right? Haaland's probably going to score in those fixtures. But in game weeks 10 and 12, and I hope I've got this right now. I haven't checked the fixtures before recording this. Yeah, Forest at home and Brentford at home you probably could back against Harden in those two games and go for Salah instead and even if not I think you'd want the potential opportunity to do that if by the time you get to those game weeks that is a move that you want to make so yeah is it wise I mean you can decide that I think it's okay to do but for in a few more game weeks I'm probably not going to be saying that anymore right, let's talk about whether to play or bench Estrepanian. We had similar conversations last week when Brighton had Newcastle at home. This week, they got Man United away. I would argue that's a tougher fixture in terms of clean sheet potential. So do I play Estrepanian for his attacking threat over defenders like a Kanji, Gusto, or even an Arsenal defender? Now, we know how attacking Estrepanian is, but the main source of points from our defenders is usually clean sheets. So I personally don't think that Brighton will get one against Man United. And therefore, Eschapenian is benchable, depending on what other defenders you've got. If you think Brighton have got a chance of getting a clean sheet and then you couple that with his attacking threat, then yeah, you should probably play him. But if you've got defenders in your team that are much more likely to get a clean sheet, I would probably play them over Eschapenian. As always, you've got to apply context around that. So for example, a couple of the defenders that were listed in the question if pochettino says that reese james is back he's fit and available then that obviously puts question marks over whether gusto will start or not he might do and reese james might be integrated a bit more slower back into the team but it does put a few doubts in your mind so maybe because of those doubts you just play estropinian i think he's one of those defenders where i I don't want to find excuses to bench him if i've got a good defender i'll play him ahead of him but if not, I'll just play Estropinian. So if Gusto was a bit of a risk to start, then maybe you play eschipenian Whereas if you've got Chilwell, I would definitely play him over Estropinian. The thing I thought was probably best to do is quickly go through the fixtures and talk about which defenders I would play over him. So I think if I had Trent still, or if I had Trent at all, I've not owned him this season, against Wolves away, that's probably a defender I would play over Estropinian. Aston Villa maybe against Crystal Palace have got more chance of a clean sheet but I don't think there's any defenders there that are guaranteed to be more attacking maybe Matt Cash if he's still kind of playing in that right wing back role but I don't think that's a guarantee But I guess, yeah, if I had cash, I would probably play him over Eshterpignan. The other defenders, not necessarily so much. Fulham and Luton defence, not good enough. Man United, none of their defenders are attacking enough. And to be honest, I don't trust them to get a clean sheet. So I wouldn't play them ahead of Brighton. Spurs defenders, I would. I'm playing Udoggy ahead of Eshterpignan. Man City defenders are interesting because they've probably got a bet. They definitely have a better chance of a clean sheet against West Ham. But none of them are particularly attacking. And if you've got concerns over them starting, is it worth that headache? So I think if I've got someone like Ruben Diaz, I'd probably play him over Estrepanian. Akanji always seems to start, so you probably play him as well. But if you've got a defender you're not sure about, again, you probably just don't take the risk and you go for Estrepanian. I don't think it's going to be easy for Newcastle to get a clean sheet against Brentford, but I do think if I had Trippier, I would also play him ahead of Brighton defenders. Chilwell definitely. I've already spoken about Gusto. Uh, Arsenal defenders, I'm currently playing Saliba ahead of Estrepanian. Because I think Everton away is definitely better than Man United away. But Everton's attack's actually been all right. They've been a bit unlucky not to score more goals. They've obviously got a new striker in now. When Calvert-Lewin's back. That's going to help as well. But I still think, on paper, Arsenal's fixture is much better. So I'm going to play Saliba ahead of Estrepanian. And then, no, I don't think I'd play a Burnley or Nottingham Forest defender ahead of him either. So, really, Arsenal defenders. Chelsea defenders, if you know they're going to start. Probably Man City defenders, mostly and Spurs defenders, and Trent, and probably Matt Cash. There's kind of five or six teams slash players that I would play ahead of Eschipina. and If you're in any doubt about one of your sub-defenders playing, I would just play Estrepanian. And if you think there's just the same amount of chance of getting a clean sheet, then I would go for the more attacking defender. But there are plenty of players that I would play. I'm benching him this week. I didn't last week. I do think this is a much tougher fixture for clean sheets away to Man United rather than home to Newcastle. So what is my view on burning transfers? Sometimes two free transfers forces you to make unnecessary moves. For example, Rashford, Bruno or Sterling to Son. Even though the former may have better fixtures in the short to medium term. Now, for anyone that doesn't know, burning a transfer just means not using one of the two that you have. So I've rolled a transfer last week to game week five. I've got two free transfers. If I make one move, I'm still gonna have two next week. If I make zero moves, I'm also gonna have two next week. So that would be burning a burning a transfer. Now, in general, if your team is absolutely perfect and any move you make is going to reduce the amount of points you get not necessarily just for this week over the next couple of weeks then yeah burning a transfer is is perfectly fine to do but in i don't know 11 12 years of playing fpl and kind of five six or seven years whatever it is now of making videos there are so few occasions where i've genuinely seen a team that is in a position to burn a transfer it just doesn't happen that often right even for my team right there's not too many moves that i need to make i don't need to take out rashford fernandez or sterling for son so i could say i don't need to make a move there jackson is perfectly okay to keep my defense is fine but even if i'm happy to play turner if i think there's a goalkeeper that's better in the long term then i can just do pickford to someone else even if i bench him this week that would be better than burning a transfer i've got kabori third bench And okay, maybe I want to keep hold of him, hope that he gets his place back and plays in the double game week. But I could also start planning for Newcastle's fixture run and just do Kabori to a Newcastle defender. So generally, there's always a move that you can make. And I'd be very surprised if if there was 100 people watching this right now that thinks they can burn a transfer and they sent me their team. I guarantee you 90 to 95% of those teams have got a transfer that's worth making. Like I don't think necessary that sterling is better sorry that son is better than sterling over the next three but i think given that son is better this week if i had nothing else to do i probably would still make that move especially if i was willing to then captain him instead so yeah view on burning transit like anything if it's the right move for your team you should do it but i think most people there is a move to make like even my two moves for my last Couple of weeks, right? I think Mars to Sterling was fine. Watkins to Jackson was fine. Even though I didn't need to do them, there was a chance that they would work out over the next few weeks. So yeah, it's always kind of cool to think about burning transfers. Like your team is that good, you don't need to make a move. But most people have got something they can do. So can you give your opinion on Saka's fixtures and your thoughts on moving him to Sterling or Son? Now I can say straight away, as someone that owns Saka. I've given almost no consideration to selling him anytime soon, but I do get why people are looking at Arsenal's fixtures. If we look at the next, I think it's five game weeks, the two best games are both away from home. So Everton away this week and Bournemouth away in game week seven. Outside of that, Spurs at home game week six, Man City at home game week eight, and Chelsea away game week nine. So over the next five game weeks, you could say they've got to play Spurs, Man City, Chelsea, and the other two good games are both away from home. It's not necessarily ideal and I would kind of agree with that, but you can also reframe it. Everton away, good fixture this week. Over the next three weeks, they also get to play Bournemouth, and their hardest game is Spurs, but it's at home. They will definitely score in that game, so I don't see Arsenal really having trouble in any of those next three matches getting chances, and Saka is an FPL option is fantastic. We know he's going to start every game. His minutes are great. He's on, he's on penalty still, unless Odegaard asks for one. He's just an all-round really good FPL option. Maybe with Champions League starting, there might be some rotations, some early substitutions. But with everything we know right now, we're not really expecting that with Saka. So I think he's perfectly fine to hold on to for the next three games. I definitely wouldn't sell him to Sterling. right? I've got Sterling. I don't necessarily have plans to sell him. But if I didn't have him, I wouldn't be rushing to get rid of Saka. That's just a no-go for me. And to be honest, I think Son would be similar. I guess if you really want to captain this on this week that is a move you could do but Arsenal away and Liverpool at home are definitely harder than Spurs at home Bournemouth away so for the next three weeks I don't think it makes much sense to sell Saka after that slightly different conversation but I think it all comes down to when you're going to wild like if you're thinking about wildcarding in game weeks nine or ten then selling Saka as a short-term move is perfectly viable I've looked at that myself when they've got Man City at home in game week eight You sell Saka to Son or Madison, who's got Luton away. Possibly keep them for Fulham at home in game week nine. And then you get Saka back for Arsenal's really good fixture run from game week 10 onwards, where they got Sheffield United at home, Newcastle away, Burnley at home, Brentford away, Wolves at home, Luton away. So really good fixture run. And Saka is their best attacking option for FPL. If you're not wildcarding, then you probably just want to keep hold of him, right? Because the next three are fine. And okay, Man City and Chelsea aren't great. Then the fixture run's decent so you don't want to transfer him out only have to move him back in again so i think for most people there's not really many reasons to sell saka unless you're committed to game weeks nine or ten wild card, in which case you could sell him but i still probably wouldn't do it until game week eight let me know what you think about everything i've spoken about in this video if there's anything else you need me to cover in final thoughts tomorrow leave a comment below if you've enjoyed that video make sure to give it a like and hit that subscribe button and don't forget to check out fantasy football hub all the links you need are in the description below